0: Heavenly Father, your word is alive and it works in our hearts. Holy Father, you are alive and you know what is happening in each person that came here. You know the people who are tired and they barely made it here. God, could you be a blessing to them today? God, I know that there are people here carrying heavy burdens. A family. By the way, with some of you, I've been praying a lot about your family. God, be their burden bearer today and give them hope in you. God, there are people here that don't even believe in you yet, but you have them on your way and you drew them here. God, thank you. Whisper your love to them through your holy word, through your people, through the worship. May this be a holy moment. We invite you to, in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. Uh, over the years, I've noticed trends. Uh, you know, as you get a certain age, and you see various trends. And I think we all know this one. Uh, uh, one is, uh, is attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. It's always interesting to go to a different culture. They have large attention spans. I even remember leading a, uh, a missions trip to Poland. They said, we want you to do a seminar. Okay, I've got one down. I, you know, I have a two-hour one. I got it down to a half hour. I'm going to try and get it down to 20 minutes. No, we're used to three-hour seminars. These are teenagers? What did you do to the, you, what do you put in the drinking water? No, it's, it's interesting how culture has made our attention span shorter and shorter and shorter. One trend I've noticed, and this is perhaps just me personally, over the last few years, maybe three years, people have not been getting along well. I'm not sure if you noticed that. I'm not just talking all the COVID battles and the, and the left-wing, right-wing uh, uh, politics. There just seems to be a meanness to people over small things. There's a lack of patience, writing people off. And, and people are just are not good for each other. And, and we're all lonely to begin with. And we all don't trust a lot of things around us. What, how can we trust the news? How can we trust the people? What are, what's anybody trying to sell us on? By the way, I, I do have a, a, a motive here. My motive is for you to fall in love with Jesus. So that's pretty, I just, I'm putting that out there. You know... We, we just wonder so many things. And so we push back, and it's just difficult to get along. And then there's some people that demand respect instead of earning it through humility. Uh, it's, uh, I read this one quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones. He's, he's a very old uh, preacher, and, and he was, uh, uh, he, he's been off the scene for many, many decades. He's in heaven now. And this is what he said even back then. He said, it doesn't matter how gifted you are, if you're difficult to get on with, your gifts are of no value. Isn't that awesome? Do you know people like that, that tell you how gifted they are? Yeah. Yeah, they're not really doing much, are they? Yeah. Thing is, good relationships are difficult for all of us at any circumstance, but they are essential in our lives essential in our lives. As you read the Bible, you start to see this is a huge subject that God continues just to, to, to throw through his word. God redeems your life as an individual, but he places you in a family, and then he asks you to get along, which is just a whole discipleship lesson in itself, right? It's like, it's easy to sit off by yourself. I'm fine. I get along with you. No. <laughs> throw in a mix of different people, people who aren't your friends, people are different personalities. Throw them in the mix. And now start to learn love and patience and self-control. It is a wonderful discipleship tool that God came up with. I was uh, thinking about this uh, the other day. I was meditating. Sometimes I meditate on scripture before I I fall asleep. And one of the scriptures uh, I was meditating on is Hebrews 6.10. I love this one. Often I'll write it to you. If you're serving here in the church, I'll do Hebrews 6.10. And uh, it's a great verse. It says this. God is not unjust. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work. He will not forget your work and the love you've shown him. So as you serve, as you serve other peoples, God's not unjust. He won't forget the things that you're doing, the the, the love you've shown him, as you've helped his people. As you've helped his people. And continue to help them. I, I got this overwhelming sense is that that heavenly father is the father. And we always talk about God loves you. God loves you. And he does. But you know what? He equally loves the person beside you. That freaks you out, doesn't it? That He equally loves the person that really irritates you. Two rows over and three people down. That person. He loves that person equally well. And, and he says, listen, God says, I, I see your work, how you help each other out. And he says, I love it because you're showing love to my people. And all of a sudden, I got this overwhelming sense of a father who loves not just you. He loves his people. He loves his people. He's kind of partial to his family. And so I go, okay, okay, this is why we need to figure out how to get along well, how to navigate, navigate life together. Last week, we talked about comparison and competition. It just leads to chasing the wind. We said, there's no finish line with competition. If you are the best at, there's always somebody else that's gonna be better than. And guess what? If you are the best in the world, guess what? Wait two weeks and somebody else will pass you. If you are just trying to be the best, if there's some kind of comparison thing you're you're chasing after. And, And at the end of last week's sermon, we just said, God whispers to you, just follow what I ask you to do. Don't look around at anybody else's races. They're all running their own races. I've given everybody an individual race. I love at the end, at the end, as, as the resurrected Jesus is walking with Peter, talking to him about what kind of death he's going to, to face. John's sort of bumping along behind because he just wants to be near Jesus. And Peter whips around and says, well, well what about him? If I have to die, how about him? You like him? Well, he's your favorite. You know, you can hear all that back, back story, right? And Jesus says in John 21, what's that to you? What's that? That's not even your business. That's not your, you shouldn't even think that's not your story. What's that to you? You must follow me. I have something for you to do. So God, changed my focus from what about me to what about others? What about others? And we become true friends and truly rejoice with each other and weep with each other. Well, our second point about how we can navigate life together has a lot of twists and turns. You definitely need your GPS on for this one. We're going to talk about anger, all right? all right. First of all, I want everybody's blood pressure to rise. Okay, here we go. Here's the question. What do you get angry about? What do you get angry about? All right, think about it. Think about it. 62, 65, 70. What do you get angry about? Can I tell you what I get angry about? Oh, I don't. I am a pastor. I never get angry. I'm at peace with the world. Put me in a car, and I'm I'm done, man. Put me in a car, and I'm driving in the fast lane, and somebody decides to go in the slow lane. Like let's just drive slow, right? In the fast lane, and there's it blocks, and I'm turning around. They're, you know, they're saying on 680 news how there's a traffic jam because one person won't pass somebody. I'm okay. I'm not in a car now, so I'm fine. Part of me wants just to let it go. That's a very small part. Part of me wants to rush up behind them just, just to alert them that they should run a little faster, right? They see this person coming up in their rearview mirror. But guess what? They don't even look in their rearview mirror because they see they would see millions of people behind them. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> What gets you angry? What gets you angry? Your heart rate jumps up, your mind just gets going, and your patience is punctured. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I, I talked to uh, a counselor about emotions, and uh, very helpful. And then he was helping me think through some emotions. And, and he said, you know, anger, anger is actually just a warning light on your dashboard, is a proper emotion for injustice. You think things are are unjust, just. In fact, emotions are pretty much lights on your dashboard. If you have fear, th- th- then you're basically there's some danger around. So you ask, why, why am I so afraid? What danger am I afraid of? If I'm sad, I'm just so sad. Often sadness is about loss. What 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 if I lost? What why am I sad? So anger is a proper emotion for injustice. Injustice calls out for not only for us to be angry, but for retribution. And it comes up kind of un, unbidden. So we, as we try to navigate anger, we ask, is this okay to be angry? I mean, it just comes up. So how do you stop emotion, right? It just comes up. And then some people say, yeah, bring it on. You know, Jesus turned the table over, right? Boom! He did it. I can do it, especially if I'm losing Monopoly. That's equal. In fact, the Bible says, "Be angry and don't sin." Okay. So my my suggestion to you all: just give her. Yeah, (laughs) you're angry. Just take and run with it. Amen. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Maybe not. This is where it's interesting, where the Bible, if you read the Bible for any length of time, you'll notice it says one thing, then it says another thing. And and some people think there's contradictions. No, it's balance. It's understanding. When you bring these things together in the constellation, all of a sudden, you see there's one author through the whole book. And you see that he's trying to paint a picture, a deeper picture, something that's just not surface. He goes down below. There's lots of Bible verses that are filled with warning about anger. Psalm 37:8, refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Anger is is up to 10 on the dial. Wrath, you just broke the dial. Like <laughs> you broke the dial with 11 or 12, right? So, uh, Proverbs 29:11, fools give full vent to their rage. Okay, Ephesians, I can't help it. I just I feel it so it just comes out. I, you know, I'm a spewer. I spew on people. That's my personality and you have to get along with it. God bless you. I got a verse for you to read. All right. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Okay. Can we dial this back a little bit? Can we dial this back? Proverbs 19.11. A, per- person, a person's wisdom yields patience. If you're wise, patience starts to, to form in you. And it's to, it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. But I got offended. There's some things you can overlook. Well, no, because I got hurt. we're supposed to share all our feelings with each other, right? We're supposed to be doing this. And so let's dig down on that a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Let's just dig down on that a little bit. Am I supposed to be a doormat? Am I supposed to let people walk all over me? Let's not uh, jump to the extreme. Let's Again, let's dig into the word of God, which is so alive. Uh, James chapter 1, 19 to 20 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Take note of this. Everyone, even if you have a personality that explodes, everyone should be quick to listen. What? Hold oh, on, hold on, hold on. Okay, explain this one to me again. <laughs> Can I need to understand that a little bit more. Be quick to listen. Oh, I'm quick to react, though, Dave. No, no, I need to be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Mm -hmm. Okay, can you talk a little bit more? Because I'm about to speak, okay? (laughs) You just need to talk a little bit more, okay? To be quick to listen, slow to speak. Slow to become angry. And here's the beautiful part. Here it is. Because human anger, human anger, does not produce the righteousness that God desires. If there's human anger, is there another kind of anger? Yeah, I believe there is. I believe there's several kinds, but human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Anger is about injustice, standing up for others. Actually, when Jesus turned the tables over, he was defending his father. It wasn't about him. He was saying, you're turning my father's house into this this den of, of thieves. No, no, I am actually defending the rights an injustice of someone else. I'm standing up for someone else. So what does human anger look like? i got a great, great Bible story. I read this one like, lately. I just I laughed out loud. I saw it in a different light. And uh, so this is why I'm going to take a little bit of time. If uh, you do want to read along, you're welcome to. Uh, at the last part of Luke chapter 9, last part of... Uh, Luke chapter 9. Luke, it's in the Gospels. There's four books about Jesus. Luke is written by a uh, a physician who researched the stories about Jesus. It's uh, interesting. At the end of Jesus' ministry, he's been with his disciples for three years. He is up north in Galilee. He's about to go down to Jerusalem to die. He knows he's going to die. He knows he's going to be put to, he's going to be tortured on a cross. It was talked about in the Old Testament. He already knows what's going to go on. And so imagine going and taking this trip. You know, it's been put off, put off, put off, but you know that the calendar just keeps on going and now's the day. You need to get traveling. So he starts to travel south. It's a 3-day walk from Galilee down to uh, Jerusalem. And he seems to be in a hurry, so he goes through the Samaritan villages. He has been teaching his disciples three years of love your neighbor, the good Samaritan, do good to other people, a turn the other cheek. He didn't give that sermon just once. It was something he gave again and again and again. As a traveling preacher, I know, I use the same stories. If you've been around Church on the Ark for a while, you've heard them all. Uh, the idea is he's given these things again and again. It's interesting, there is no evidence whatsoever that the disciples re- reacted in godly ways this side of the resurrection. Isn't that awesome? Just, not awesome? All that great teaching, no Holy Spirit, just ended up with nothing. <laughs> All right? It, not until the day of Pentecost that, that God started to do some real neat work in their lives. Well, here we go in the story, Luke 9, 51. Uh, Jesus resolutely set... Out for Jerusalem. He set his face to Jerusalem and starts to go down in this three-day journey. And uh, direct a route through Samaria. Uh, Luke 9, uh, 52. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into the Samaritan village to get things ready for him. In other words, there's an entourage with him. And there's no hotels in these villages. But the idea of the day is that uh, Middle Eastern hospitality, oh, there's outsiders coming in. We are going to take care of them all. We're going to divvy them up in different people's homes. We're going to get all our food. We're going to be hospitable. We're going to to do what we can to show goodness to the strangers. So he sent some people on to warn them, hey, there's a lot of people coming. Uh, and, uh, you know, get the village people together, Who can, how can we divvy this up? The village should have checked them in, should have fed, fed them. The disciples most likely would have paid for that. They would have paid for that, that stay. Why it's dangerous to sleep on the road, there's bandits on the road. So, in Luke chapter 9, verse 53, here we go. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. Now, now, the Samaritan folks, they worship God at a mountain called Mount Gerizim. Now, now the Jews actually uh, uh, chose Mount Moriah uh, in Jerusalem. They, they chose a different mountain. To, and so this is like, this is a religious thing. They said, no, you can't come here. No, we're not gonna be hospitable to you, even though that's the thing to do. Keep on going, guys, because guess what? We don't like your religion. We don't like what you believe. Does anybody feel that, all right? Anybody feel that? Anybody feel that? Anybody who's been on Facebook long? Okay. Okay, here we go. Now, at this point, at this point in, in Luke 9, 54, when the disciples, James and John, saw this, I'm going to press pause. Okay, who's, who are James and John? Son, son of Zebedee's. They're, they're fishermen. Of, sons of thunder, right? Arr, thunder, th- people. And John, John, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he wrote this, God is love. Isn't that great? God is love. You know what else under under the guidance of the Holy Spirit John wrote? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will Will not perish. These are these guys. Okay, these are these guys. They've heard turn the other cheek. They've heard love your neighbor. They, they've heard the good Samaritan. And, and on the other side of the cross, they're going to write about how God is love. That so? so when the disciples, James and John, saw this, let's move to the next slide. They asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire from heaven to destroy them? <laughs> I go, wow, wow. They miss something. They just sort of miss something. I, I, I could just imagine that, that point. Uh, Jesus doing that. Oh, oh, I thought I taught you. <laughs> Am I that bad of a teacher? Oh. Can we just destroy them? Let's burn up every man, woman, and child. That'll show them. <laughs> In fact, wow, I've healed people before. I can feel the anointing. I can feel the, woo, the power coming out of my fingertips. Let's call it down, man. Boom. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So in the middle of this, um, this anger, is absolute anger. Why? Well, first of all, they weren't accepted. Second of all, they're tired and hungry. They're not going to get any food. They're hangry, okay? Hangry adds to angry. And these people just put down their religion. Who who's offended on this? The disciples, the disciples, disciples, disciples. All right, and then in in Luke 9:55 says this. But Jesus turned and rebuked them. That's actually a pretty strong word. That that word "rebuke" is actually the same word that he rebukes demons. But we won't focus on that. It's a pretty strong one. (laughs) I could just. I wish I wish they recorded that one. I can't believe. Do you remember the Sermon on the Mount? You know, turn the other cheek thing. And then, you know what the next verse says? Jesus says, let's go to another village. Let's go to another village. It's not that big of a deal. Let's just go to another village. Uh, instead of calling down fire and burning up everybody. That's that's just, it's not that big of a deal. This is not a big deal. And then... He's almost saying, I believe, and it's because it's all through the Bible. If you're going to follow me, if you're going to follow me, you can't be easily offended. Look who you have to get along with, all right? Look at us, look at us all. If everyone was easily offended, how could we be a family? If you're going to follow me, you can't be easily offended. You see, offended is his human anger. And guess what? God doesn't work through human anger. In fact, it says this uh, in Ecclesiastes seven nine: Do not be hasty in your spirit to be offended. Don't be hasty in your spirit to be offended. Don't be quick to take an offense. For resentment or anger, in another translation, resides in the bosom of fools. It just sort of sits there and and. And if you're foolish, you hang on to anger for a long time. So don't even don't even start to go there. Try and not to go there, as uh, as one author said, anger is extraordinarily e- easy. It's our default setting. Love is difficult. Love's a miracle. It's something that God actually has to do work in our heart over. So, as we read Jesus' <laughs> uh, response, Jesus. It's almost like, as one, uh, one speaker said this, I stole this, this phrase, I loved it. Jesus is over-underreacted. He, he just underreacts. But he seems to do that in an overish kind of way. He just, he's over-underreacted. In the garden, they bring a whole army to, uh, after pretty much an unarmed man. And so there's only one person with any kind of, uh, any kind of sword, and it's Peter. Peter's there, he's going to take on the whole army. He was going to chop, okay, I know he chopped the ear off. Here's my, Here's my. this is Dave's reading. He's going to chop the guy in half. He just missed, all right? <laughs> He's just bad at it. The guy ducked too fast or whatever. He's going for the head. He's going to cleave him down the middle, man. He's just going <laughs> to cut him down to the other side. So before the resurrection, Peter was, no, death to the infidel, right? Uh, that same Peter That same Peter, after the resurrection, after the filling of the Holy Spirit, where God starts to work in him. He pens this, 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, above all, hey church, above all, love each other deeply. Why? It's so hard. But you know that person? If they just left the church, Maybe I could leave love people deeply. <laughs> Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. There's going to be some things that you're just going to go, you know what? I'll need to bring that one up. I, I can let that one go. I'll let that one go in your hands, God. Um, I don't need to talk about every single little thing. You don't need to talk about, there's pop psychology that exhausts relationships under saying, listen, uh, we need to talk about this because I have a feeling about it. We need to talk about this. And people come away and they talk to me and they said, Dave, I'm exhausted by this. Well, there's, you can let some things go. You can let some things go. And Peter continues on in his le- letter. He says, when they hurled insults at him, he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. In other words, he just didn't. He wasn't just passive. He said, "Okay, God, could you take care of this? I'm going to let you figure this one out. There's some things I need to talk to other people about, but some things I'm going to actually let you figure it out, God. I'm going to I'm going to entrust it to you to work justly in that. Wow. Well, what about me, Dave? What about me? What 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 about the hurt?" that I had, and I get it. I think sometimes we do need to talk, and we'll we'll get to that Bible verse uh, real soon. But before we go, I want to get off this one. I I love this one. One of my favorite verses, if I only had to take one chapter to a desert island, I I might take this one. Philippians chapter 2. In your relationships with one another, okay, so this is like very... We're not trying to apply it in some other way. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Okay, that's a lot. What, what, do you want to drill down on that one? Do you want to, yeah, let's figure out what all the attitudes. Who, being in the very nature God, okay, that's huge. He's large and in charge. He's God himself. Did not consider equality with God something to be used for his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. The Greek says he emptied himself. It's the kenosis pass. It's like a, 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 a jug. And just go, I'm going to empty myself, taking the very nature of a servant. Jesus let go his right to be treated the way he should be treated. And he focused on serving. So, so. So, so, Dave, aren't we supposed to talk to anybody about anything then? Oh, no, the Bible talks to us about being assertive too. It says in Matthew 18, 15, if your brother or sister sins, go to them. Point out their fault. Just between the two of you, And if they listen, you've won them over. Galatians 6, 1. Brothers and sisters, if, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but, but, but watch yourselves, you may also be tempted. Just the two of you, try and win them over. If you're walking in the Spirit at that moment, gently restore, not to destroy, not to prove you're right, not to use them as an example. We do everything in the gentleness of Jesus. As uh, one writer said, say what you mean, but don't say it mean. You Say what you mean, but just don't say it mean. Dave, Dave I, I can't let things go. I need to, I need to, uh, it's just, d- my personality is a uh, personality. You seem like a calm guy, Dave. I, I'm a uh, personality kind of guy. So may I suggest something? I I, I read a writer and I read a whole book on this. This is fascinating. I've never seen the book of the Bible quite like this before. Put it in the, the back of your your heart and see how you how this feels to you. The writer said you need to vent, vent. You know, take the little. I my parents had this steam cooker. Any they don't do steam cookers anymore anywhere. And they somebody's got to remember what a steam cooker was. They, okay, thank you. I got a nod from somebody. <laughs> And you just, you put the thing, uh, you lock the lid, and the steam builds up, and there's a little thing that you take off the top Goes. <makes> let's surprise, it and it's awesome. I thought that was really cool as a kid. I go, what happens if you just go like this, it's going to blow up? I'm a boy, I like blowing things up. It's uh, good. So you need to vent, you need to vent. Awesome. But what happens if we vent to others? If we vent to others? Oh. Ray, you know who's really bugging me now. <laughs> what does what, the Bible call that? Gossip, thank you. Somebody knows their Bible. That's called gossip. That's called slander. Isn't that awesome? Come on, let's vent and gossip and slander for everybody. Okay, so, they, they, well, well, who do you vent to? Can I tell you, there's a whole book of the Bible that's written about people venting it's awesome. And, and if you understand this book of the Bible this way, you're going to read this book differently. You know what book that is? I think some of you already know. The book of Psalms. Do you ever notice the movement in some Psalms? I'm going to read to you one. This word should not be in your memory pack, okay? Here we go. It's uh, in uh, Psalm 58, verses 6 to 8. Here's a, here's a verse. Let's just talk about the love of God and uh, reflect on his goodness. Break the teeth in their mouths, O God. Lord, tear out the fangs of these lines. May they be like a slug that melts away as it moves along. Amen. (laughs) May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the word awesome? Have you ever read a psalm? Have you ever, okay, I really need, so I need to, uh, I praise the Lord. I'm going to go to the Psalms. Okay, here we go. Kill them all. Wow. <laughs> That's in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to read that one again. <laughs> Highlight that one in black. I don't, I don't want to just go on and read that one. Wow. Break their teeth in did Notice the creativity. I'm just, I just amazed at the creativity of, uh, May they be like a slug that melts away as it moves along. (laughs) Oh my goodness, it's awesome. You know what else the book of Psalms says? Pour out your heart before him. Pour out your heart before him for he is a refuge for us. I noticed something in the Psalms, they usually start with, or they don't, or I'm depressed. (laughs) Whole range of emotions in Psalms. You know what they all end up with? But I will praise the Lord. He is good to me. He is beside me. He will help me. Pour out your heart before him, for he is a refuge for us. Let him sort out the vengeance. It's him, his, not ours. There's this beautiful movement. And then Jesus asks us to take one step further than the Psalms. Beyond revenge, beyond gossip, beyond everything else, retaliation. Jesus adds a level of healing for our hearts. Let me read it to you as we end up the sermon. Matthew 5, 44. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. God, they don't deserve. What kind of prayer? Can I do a psalm prayer? Sure, start it off as that. But finish it off at the end going, you know what they deserve, God? They deserve this because they did this to me. And you know what? They did that to you. God, just get them. Vengeance is yours. Move it on up. But I know you're God. God. I know you love all people. (laughs) Ah. I'm going to be obedient. God, could you help them with this problem? Could you bless them today? Could you carry their load? Could you help them today? You know what it does? You know what it does? It takes you through a movement that heals your heart. It heals your heart. I've told you often enough, I don't need to repeat the story, but I was deeply hurt at a church uh, to the point where I was messed up. You think I messed up now? Oh, man, back then I was messed up. Uh, I got done with uh, that church. I took a. a I remember going to uh, another church to apply as a youth pastor. The pastor told me, "Come into my office. I want to speak to you." I just, I started to weep. I just started crying because I was just messed up. I was just really messed up. I I remember uh, going to seminary, taking a year off to try and do some seminary things, and went to a, a shelter for uh, abused women. They wanted to to show pastors and training various things and. And uh, after hearing so many of these women's stories, I blacked. I blacked out. They had to go and wake me up. I I was out of it just because I'd gone through some of my own trauma. And so in in my own trying to work this one through, (laughs) it doesn't happen like that. (laughs) That's why you need good people to walk beside you. and That's why we have wonderful counselors that do this with you. In the midst of this, uh, somebody who was counseling me said, Dave, Take every flashback, every flashback that comes to you. And I I had lots of flashbacks. Take it to God and say, okay, I will forgive him for that thing. Not the whole thing. (laughs) We'll work through the whole thing. But I'm just going to do one thing at a time. I'm going to take that rock out and just, okay, so we did that. And uh, I think it was six to seven months. Flashback stopped. I had peace. Why? Because I said he was wrong. But I'm going to pray for him anyway. And I noticed something. My heart was healed. It's awesome. It's just beautiful. You know this thing's real? This, thing, this is real. What Jesus says is real. Thing is, uh, you don't have to become best friends with them. You don't have to do uh, all kinds of other things for them. Sometimes being, showing love to them is just praying for them. Uh, I remember at the uh, after working this through for several years and being free, and I was just so free. It was good. It's just the the freedom was amazing. Uh, I went to CTS. I was going to sit on a uh, one of their TV shows as as one of these pastors doing a thing about how you know creative pastors are doing things for Easter, right? <laughs> And so they take you to the green room, which is really weird. First of all, they put makeup on you, which is really weird. And then they they're gonna take, put you in this green room thing where, where I'm going to meet the other pastors on the panel that, that they're going to ask us questions. So I go in the green room. I go there, they open up the door, and there's the guy. There's the guy. And the, the person that's bringing me in is saying, Oh, and this is one, you know, and this uh, Pastor Dave here is doing all these creative, wonderful things. And he's bragging on me to this guy, right? <laughs> And I, I was waiting. I was waiting for all the uh, all that stuff, right? <laughs> I looked at him. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. It was awesome. God. Yes, I complained frivishly ver- to you. I, I just like complained and complained. But God, I'm also gonna forgive. One thing at a time. I'm also going to pray for, and I know I prayed for him enough. I saw him. I actually felt some compassion for him. Not a lot, but a bit. Still on my way. God's alive, folks. And as we navigate life together, sometimes we just need to forgive along the way. And pray, and pray, and pray, and pray. prayer works in our hearts and heals in our community. And I pray that for us. By the way, afterwards he said, Dave, we should get a coffee together. I said, no. (laughs) That's called wisdom. (laughs) Oh, my good friends. As we go to worship, and I ask our worship team to come on up, what kind of things can you just let go? that you don't have to confront people over. can You can let go to God. What kind of things do you need to be assertive enough to actually talk to people about in love and restoration and goodness and gentleness? And what kind of things can you pray about? Maybe venting prayers. Maybe prayers of forgiveness and blessings. We, we have four songs of worship after I preach, and the purpose of that is for God to speak to you, for you to listen. Listen to the people sing around you. Maybe you could sing too. Allow him to drill down. If you need help, further help, go to our prayer corner, and our prayer folks will pray for you. And come on. The community of Christ is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, let's all get healed up together. Heavenly Father, you are good all the time. Thank you for making the gathering your church. Come and work now through your worship. In Jesus' name, amen.